Welcome to the Compass Podcast, featuring Chris Shandro and the Compass team. We hope this message is just for you. Well, hello and welcome. I am Chris, the pastor of Compass. And as always, I'm really glad that you're with me today. Now, I talk about this all the time, but my family loves Disney World. It's literally our favorite place to go in the whole world. And I think it's because Disney World is a magical, wonderful, and sometimes overwhelming experience. Because it's huge. I think it's easy to get caught up in all the big, beautiful things that are going on there. But there is one small thing that we really enjoy that if you aren't paying attention, you can easily miss. And those are the Hidden Mickeys. Now, if you've never been, Hidden Mickeys are little Mickey Mouse-shaped things that are hidden in plain sight all over the parks. Uh, This is one that we found paved into the street near the dinosaur ride at Animal Kingdom. I was so excited when we discovered this that I gathered everybody around and we all took a picture while we were standing around it. In fact, now every time we go to Disney World, we take a new picture of us standing around it. Terry and I were there one time by ourselves and we still had to get a picture. Now these hidden Mickeys are all over the place, but most people are so caught up in the big visible stuff like the rides, the castles, uh, and the food. And they miss what the hidden Mickeys are communicating which is in the words of Walt Disney, I only hope that we don't lose sight of one thing, that it was all started by a mouse. Now, over the last two weeks, we have come across these two huge moments in the Gospel of Matthew. One was when Peter called Jesus the Messiah, and the other was when Jesus called Peter Satan. Now, these moments are a big deal because we begin to see Jesus bringing himself out and and bringing things into focus in ways that he never has before. In fact, these things are such a big deal that they can cause us to miss some of the smaller, less obvious things that are around them in these stories that are hiding in plain sight. So today, I wanna go back to some of the passages we've already talked about to take a look at some of these smaller things, things that I'm gonna refer to today as hidden Mickeys. And we're gonna start in Matthew 16, 18. Jesus said, I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. So right before this, Peter declared his belief that Jesus is the Messiah. And Jesus, for the very first time, he confirms it. This is big because up until now, Jesus has been really evasive about this. And we talked about that in greater detail just two weeks ago. And and if you missed it, I would encourage you to go back and check it out. But Jesus begins to wrap up this exchange by saying, on this rock, I will build my church. Or on this confession, on this belief in who I am, I will build my church. This is a statement that most church people, I think, are pretty familiar with. But there's something I want to point out that's small, but I think it's important. And it has to do with what Jesus said he's building, the church. So in the original Greek language of the New Testament, the word that's used for church is ecclesia. In the ancient world, An ecclesia was an assembly of citizens, and it was used for all kinds of gatherings of people. In the Bible, it's described as a gathering of Pharisees to convict Jesus. It's also used to describe a gathering of men who are going to war. Now, this is a strange word for Jesus to use for the church because it wasn't a religious word. There's actually another Greek word that he could have used, theosos. In the ancient world, a theosos was an assembly of people to worship a god. Unlike Ecclesia, Theosos, it has a a clear religious connotation. 
and it describes a gathering of people for the purpose of religious worship. So why did Jesus use ecclesia? Well, right, for the out, right from the outset, by the choice of word that he used, Jesus signaled God's intention that the church not be a religious institution. Rather, it's a common relationship that the people who make up the church will share in the world in which they live. It's not about clumping up and hiding out in a religious assembly, a theosos, but it's about being an ecclesia, people coming together in the real world. And this is our first hidden Mickey, that the kingdom of God is a gathering of people, not a religion. It's about having a belief in Jesus that goes with us into every aspect of our lives and then gathering with others around that belief. So that's the first one. Let's find the next hidden Mickey here in Matthew 16, 19. Jesus said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So this statement, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven, it's weird. And some Christians see this as Jesus giving his followers supernatural power over things. And so you'll hear people when they're praying, they'll say things like, I bind this sickness in the name of Jesus, or I bind addiction in this per person's life by the power of God. Because Jesus said that what we bind on earth will be bound in heaven, they believe that they have the power to command things into being. And while there is a dimension of spiritual power in our lives when the Holy Spirit comes into them, Sometimes that whole binding and loosing things, loosing things just doesn't work. Sometimes people stay sick and, and they stay addicted in spite of being bound or loosed. But the language Jesus used here, it wasn't particularly spiritual. In fact, it was pretty common. It's used in Isaiah 22, 22. And Isaiah says, I will place on his shoulder the key to the house of David. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. Binding and loosing. Now, for the Jewish people, these weren't terribly spiritual words. To bind something just meant to forbid it, and to loose something meant to allow it. So you might bind your kids from watching YouTube if they didn't clean their room, or, or your boss might loose you to take a day off of work. I don't think Jesus is telling us to run around binding and loosing demons. I think he's saying something a little different here. Because in the Jewish mind, and in the way that Jesus thought and taught, Heaven, it was not some faraway place our spirits go when we die. That's actually a Greek idea that's rooted in the teaching of the philosopher Plato. But over time, the church gradually adopted this as true. But the Old Testament, ancient Judaism, and Jesus, they not, never saw heaven that way. Because for them, heaven was God's domain. It was, it was not a place that people went. Earth was the domain of mankind. In fact, that's why the temple was so important to Judaism at the time, because they believed that the temple was the only place where heaven and earth came together, where God resided among his people. Heaven was not some distant, faraway spiritual place where our souls go and we die. To Jesus, it was the realm of God, which is why Jesus' statement is not about our spiritual power. Rather, it's a description of the kingdom of God. And I want you to think about it like this. Think about a Venn diagram, two circles coming together. One circle is heaven and the other circle is earth, God's domain and ours. First century Jews 
thought the one place where these two circles overlapped was the temple. But Jesus revealed something different. Because for him, the place where heaven and earth overlap, that is the kingdom of God that Jesus was building. And the reason that what we bind on earth is bound in heaven, it's not because we have some supernatural power, but it's because we live in the overlap of heaven and earth. And when we gather around Jesus, we become part of his kingdom. And then our lives, our choices, our actions, they happen in both places. And here we find our second hidden Mickey. The kingdom of God is where heaven and earth are coming together, not somewhere far away. This also means that God's ultimate redemption, it includes all of creation. Things are not going to end someday with our souls being pulled up to heaven and the earth being tossed away like a used paper towel. Things are going to end with the renewal of everything. And that means how we live with and how we treat the creation God has given us, it matters. Because this earth is the earth that we will have forever. God will restore it, but what we do now matters. If a master artist gave you a priceless painting, you wouldn't tear it up and let it get dirty just because he has the ability to repaint it. You would care for it. And God's ultimate redemption, it isn't the destruction of a worthless earth so that only the circle of heaven remains. It's the merging of both circles until they fully and finally overlap and everything is restored. Let's find our third hidden Mickey here in Matthew chapter 16, verse 28. And I tell you the truth, some standing here right now will not die before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Now, this is also a confusing statement, particularly if we believe that the Son of Man coming in his kingdom is Jesus returning someday to wrap everything up and take his followers up to some distant heaven. Because if that's true, there are still some 2,000-year-old dudes bouncing around somewhere. But since there aren't any 2,000-year-old dudes, we have to conclude that that isn't what Jesus meant. See, Jesus spent his entire three-year ministry proclaiming that the kingdom of God was coming soon and then explaining what the kingdom is like. The kingdom was coming, but it wasn't there yet. So what did the people standing before Jesus, what did they see before they died to indicate that the kingdom had come? They saw Jesus' death and resurrection. The death and resurrection of Jesus is the center point of everything that God is doing in the world. It is the representation of the way in which God will ultimately move all of creation from death to life. And it's an invitation for us to be a part of it. Jesus' resurrection is what began the overlap of heaven and earth. Which brings us to our third and final hidden Mickey. The kingdom of God is right now, not someday. The reason people who were with Jesus didn't die before they saw him coming in his kingdom is because the kingdom of God broke into the world 2,000 years ago with the death and resurrection of Jesus. And now we are part of Jesus's project of proclaiming and expanding his kingdom in our world before he returns to bring heaven and earth together, resurrected, restored, and made new. Here, Jesus is bringing his plan more into focus. But it can still be hard for us to wrap our heads around it. I mean, how is the kingdom of God here right now, but also not here yet? Well, let me take you back to Disney World. 
My family's driven there multiple times and the experience of arriving is always the same. You get into Orlando and it's just another city with traffic and restaurants and gas stations. But then you cross under this sign that stretches out over the road saying Walt Disney World, the most magical place on earth. And when you pass under that sign, it's like immediately you're in a different place. The grass is greener, the roads are nicer, and you just feel lighter. You are in Disney World, but not completely. I mean, there are still gas stations, there's a McDonald's, and they're nice, but they're still these little bits of the outside world. You're in Disney World, but you're not quite all the way there. But then you pull up to your resort, and it's completely decorated in, in a totally immersive Disney theme. You get to your room and there are characters. They're all over the walls and they're on the blankets. They're on the soap in the bathroom. But as immersive as it is, it's still just the place where you sleep. You're deeper into Disney World, but you're not quite all the way there. But then finally, you reach the place in Disney World that you really came for, where everything comes together the Magic Kingdom. You walk through the gates into a different world altogether. Your wife is next to you and she starts crying because she's so happy. And it's the only thing she can do because you finally made it to the place where the magic is complete. And that's what the Kingdom of God is like. We've passed through the sign. We are in the Kingdom of God. We are part of it. But we haven't fully arrived yet. We are in the overlap, but the two worlds have still just not totally come together yet. But it's still there. We can see it and we can live into it because the kingdom of God is a gathering of people where heaven and earth are coming together right now. One of the things we say at Compass a lot is that we live like Jesus lived, think like he thought, and do what he taught. And this message today, it it's more of a think like Jesus thought message than it is a do what he taught message. It's more an idea than a thing to do. But these are things that we need to understand in order to live out our faith. This is one of those things. But there are still questions that we can ask ourselves in order to apply all this to our lives. So maybe take a moment and just ask yourself a few things. Things like this. If Jesus meant his church to be a gathering of people rather than a religious institution, how am I living that out? Does my faith look more like a loving community or does it look like religious observance? Does my faith look like a meal with friends or does it look like a solitary exercise of religion? One where I, I go to church and I do all the religious things before I sprint out the back without forming any meaningful connections with people. Do I make effort to welcome others into a gathering or do I hide out in my safe circle? If your church experience doesn't look like a gathering of people, you're missing out on a crucial part of the kingdom of God. Or maybe you need to ask yourself some questions about what the kingdom of God looks like in your life. Do I live my life like heaven is already breaking into our world right now? Or do I live like heaven is someday far away? Do I think more about being rewarded someday in a spiritual heaven than I do about bringing heaven to earth now by loving justice, bringing mercy, and walking humbly with God? Do I care for the world and the people that God has given me as if it's the only world that we will ever have? Or am I just waiting for some spiritual place to go and this earth will just be garbage? 
Jesus gave us these hidden Mickeys, these mysterious Easter eggs to help us better understand his kingdom and how we live in it. So may that understanding help us to live into his kingdom that's not someday far away, but here and now. May we live into that kingdom with the people he's calling into his gathering. And finally, may we live like Jesus lived, think like he taught, and do what he taught. I'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us at Compass. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have any questions about Compass or this message, contact us at our website, www.compassbn.com. 